0: Hi. hi i know wasn't that Wasn't that intro music just the best thing ever
1: i loved it it's i wrote amazing. it i wrote yeah. it wrote so. it in in uh five minutes before this show
0: uh, that's very impressive <laughs> it really is
1: yeah. did you like the uh the musical opener to the show I worked really hard on that
0: ah uh, yes simon garfunkel's
1: the sound of silence
0: <laughs> or marcel marceau sings his greatest hits
1: that's right my inspirations.
0: So, to all of our one listener out there, welcome to the Brian Trust. We're thrilled to be here. I am Brian.
1: I am also Brian.
0: There you go. Uh,
1: thank you for joining are, us.
0: Yeah, and we thank you for joining us. We hope you're also Brian, but if you're not, we don't hold that against you. Mm-mm. We the show is here for us to meet other folks out there who are named Brian, so that we can learn things and stuff about the universe and places. Well, I guess there's not... I mean, the universe really encompasses all places, doesn't it? It was was. a little redundant. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was redundant, too. It was redundant and
1: ridiculous and redundant. So, (laughs) Well, this is going to be fun. We've been talking about this for weeks, and I'm excited that we have our very first show, Episode 1.
0: Episode 0001, in fact. As an official title. Yes. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Coming up a little bit later, we've got... An interview set up with uh, one of my old friends, part of how I ended up getting started on this whole idea of interviewing only people named Brian. And we'll see how long we can make this last for. But talk to a friend of mine from high school, Brian Panks, who is an operations manager. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily know what that job entails. He will enlighten us. We talk a little bit about um, Six Sigma. For those, some of you in the corporate world may have heard of that and don't know what it is, or some, like Brian here, have never heard of it. I never have. still shocks me. Yeah, it still surprises
1: me. I, I don't am know in why. the corporate world. I've been in the corporate world for a long time. I yeah. never heard of that.
0: Hey, uh, okay. you know what? That's <laughs> different circles, I guess. You I know, suppose. whatever. <laughs> I've heard of it. I didn't know exactly what it was, and every time I tried to read about it, I just got confused. Mm. I hope his interview. I think his interview helped a little bit, but for me at least, and I hope it helped a lot of people out there. So we'll see. But we'll talk about that, and we'll nerd out about science fiction and games and all the stuff that are probably the reason he and I became friends in the first place. But first, Brian, what had you been up to in the last week or so?
1: What have I been up to? Yeah, uh, we do. Well, been doing a little bit of traveling. Uh, I live in California. True. And we, we had never been to Yosemite.
0: Yes, it was your anniversary. Was Thank it you. Not?
1: Yes, it was. My wife and I have celebrated 25 years of just wedded bliss. And we went to uh, Yosemite. We took a little trip to Yosemite and spent a few days there. Uh, we rented a cabin and saw some amazing sunsets and went to Yosemite uh, National Park. And just had a blast. Uh, one of the things that we did there that really stuck with me is that we we hooked up with uh, Photo Safari, and uh, what they do is they go out and they uh, they bring you to all of these uh, wonderful picture picture spots, these Kodak spots, if you will, and they actually work with you and uh, and show you on your camera. How to take amazing photos, not just of your subject, you know, uh, but also how to frame, how to set the exposure, um, just looking around and taking in the whole area. It it was just, it was amazing. And I've got some amazing photographs from that. Very cool. Yeah.
0: uh, Let me ask you though, during your time in Yosemite, I don't know,
1: what was, what was the weirdest thing you saw? No waterfalls. That was the weirdest thing. No, uh, one of the coolest things that we saw actually was a bear, kind of just walking across the road, yep. just minding its own business. Um, no one of the one of the uh, one of the most tragic things that we saw though was the um, the residual of the fires that have been up there. Mm,
0: uh,
2: yeah.
1: And actually, while we were there taking in this amazing view, we actually saw a fire off in the distance and there was a ranger there that uh, was explaining that that one was caused by a campfire. And that was sad because there were a lot of firefighters and, um, you know, those, uh, those planes that fly overhead and, and drop the, you know, drop the uh, yeah, fire. The yeah. The flame mm. retard. I mean, we were just watching plane after plane, after plane come in and these guys were fighting so hard. This fire. Mm. Um, only you yeah only you uh yeah that was probably the weirdest thing we saw was that you would see you know you would see these beautiful scenes of trees and you know brush and just amazing sights and then you would just you'd be part of just black char right just be like trees with no leaves completely blackened um they're doing a fair amount of logging there. So they're taking a lot of these old trees down. Wow. You know, um, but it's beautiful. The whole thing was just beautiful. And I we had never been there before. Our first time. We've been living in California Incredible. since cool. 1999. And it was, yeah, it was our first time. It was great. Really cool. Yeah. Awesome. It was a wonderful way to celebrate 25 years. I think um, this is
0: going to sound like a weird tangent because I just, I started thinking about this whatever happened to McGruff, the crime dog,
1: what like happened the two, to McGruff? Right. I know
0: the two biggest symbols. I remember as a kid growing up like that were Smokey, the bear and McGruff, the crime dog, yeah, take a bite as cartoon crime. characters with an important message. Right. And I don't know what happened to McGruff, the crime dog. I like to think that he, as, as tragic as <laughs> I like to think he did. Cause you know, I had the trench coat on. I only yeah. sounded like, sounded like Bogart. I like yeah. to think He died of lung cancer. Um, from smoking too much, mm. um, but didn't do it out in the forest because he was staying off of Smokey's turf. Should mm-hmm. have been weird. I don't know. <laughs> it Help. just would have been awkward to have a bloodhound smoking in the middle of the forest. What, was,
1: <laughs> what was? his uh, tagline? Right. Help take a bite out of crime.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. Apparently he was uh, he was a bit of a biter, which I never understood. But all right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so things shifted. Maybe,
1: uh, maybe, him, maybe Maybe he
0: actually. Maybe he actually bit someone and they put him down.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, got the mange or something, and yeah, just, uh, sort of went a little, little f- cocked in the head, or <laughs> and started right. attacking something, people or something. Yeah, you're and a loose
1: cannon, McGruff.
0: Extreme <laughs> crime fighting, yeah, a, a la Azrael in the DC comics. You and,
1: know that is actually a really good question. We should look that up for the we next should. for the next show. What happened yeah. to McGruff, the McGruff, the, the, the crime dog?
0: That's homework. Wait, that's worthy of a footnote.
1: Research yeah.
0: What happened to McGruff the crime dog? What happened
1: to McG- I know this, you know, who knows? This might be keeping someone up at night. What it's happened true. to McGruff the crime dog? It's true. You know, and I wonder statistically if the drop uh, or the absence of uh, McGruff the crime dog is uh, proportional to the rise in crime. Who knows?
0: be easy i prefer to think of it as, as the economy going in the toilet but you know maybe that's just me <laughs> i don't
1: know nah, that's silly
0: yeah yeah you're right that okay has
1: nothing to do with it yeah
0: well cool <laughs> well that's cool but no that you had a good you had a good vacation a nice anniversary yeah, it, was it was great a good, good weekend awesome. yeah, it was nice.
1: it was like three hours from where we live it's beautiful how about you what have you been up to what are you
0: working uh, on i can't say it was anything super thrilling i mean working mostly um i went i did finally i finally went to the movies and saw mission impossible
1: rogue nation yes
0: i managed to get it in before the three-month window after its
1: release congratulations Woohoo! we just saw that uh, recently too it was i i really enjoyed it i did i was very impressed with
0: the tone of it like it 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 felt a lot like watching the very first Mission Impossible movie to me in terms yeah. of the plot and the tone, right. mm-hmm. but it kept a lot of the the humor and stuff from the last one, which I also really liked. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, one of the oddest things was it felt like, in some ways, it felt like a reboot without actually changing any of the characters. Yeah, or at least just Tom Cruise because he's the only one that's actually survived all this crap.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, wait no Bing rames also yeah his character's still alive too they're mm-hmm. the only ones left from the original movie that are still around after all these years oh yeah and i think it's interesting because i remember there's a uh, different when he when tom cruise appeared there was an interview i either read with him heard from him recently or it was on the nerdist podcast last year uh he had said like the mission impossible was the first movie he ever produced
2: mm-hmm.
0: or served as a producer on mm-hmm. um and that was almost 20 years ago now yeah And he's still doing that. And some of some of those stunts were just freaking crazy. And you know it's him. Like you can see that it's him. I'm pretty sure on almost all of it. Yeah, at least enough of it to be like, holy shit, that guy really maybe. Maybe there's something in Scientology. That guy's like super. He's the American Jackie Chan at this mm-hmm. point. Well, one of the most popular, except, st- except without all the broken bones. Right.
1: One of yeah. the most popular stunts that he did was in the promos and stuff, where he, uh, where the plane yeah. is taking off,
0: which was the, which is essentially the the cold
1: open to the movie. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: and that's that him. Amazing.
1: That's yeah. really him on the side of a plane taking off.
0: Oh yeah, no, I know. And I just like, and I heard all the interviews about that. And they were talking about, yeah, he that was really, he, he wanted to do
1: it. He wanted authenticity but, and he like, wanted walking on it. the
0: wing, but some of the stuff like Whew. the driving stunts. And I sit there and, and think about some of that. I'm like, okay, so that's him behind the wheel. But I wonder if Simon Pegg was like, nope, get a double in here. I'm not doing that. Yep. Kind of
1: nope. Tommy, 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 come here. Like, let's, nope. talk, let's go to craft services and have a discussion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you are not. While he's gone. You yeah. are no, not. Some of that stuff, yeah, Just right. batshit crazy, right.
1: You are not flipping over in a car. <laughs> now, I draw the line at the outside. You know, you want to be outside a plane, fine.
0: Well, well, to be fair, he's the one pr- helping provide the money. <laughs> he's the he's the, he's the, he's, the draw, he's the executive producer of the film, so yeah. it's kind of like mm, he kind of has a little more leeway with that. But I yeah. imagine the insurance company's like, nope, yep, no. Nope we've got limits
1: dude yeah very yeah. good and,
0: and he'd be hanging on the side of the plane i'm pretty sure like i i couldn't see it but i'm pretty sure he was harnessed to that door oh
1: yeah you better believe way. it he, if he was, lost his
0: grip it's like he was, no, no, he no. was probably like duct taped
1: he was part the of that, of that plane. plane
0: under the jacket tom you know?
1: cruise was part of that plane when yeah, take, are you much, can yeah would you take off on the side of a plane i don't no. know <laughs> I might. I,
0: ra- I rarely ever take off in, uh, inside a plane anymore. <laughs> so it's like, no, definitely not outside.
1: You take chances. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> no.
0: But no, no. I I actually, yeah, I, I liked the movie. And I went to... The movie theater here is interesting. It used to be Harkins, which is like the big chain in Arizona. Mm. Um, but it got taken over by AMC during the intervening mm. 15 years or so since I'd been down in that area. Mm in downtown Tempe and they added but they did like, they added the recliner, like the really plush recliner seats. It's kind of like going to the arc light a little bit. Yes. Which for the listeners out there who aren't in California, it's kind of a higher end, smaller chain in, in California where you get reserved seating, you pay a little bit more for the ticket, but here it's like, like before four o'clock, it's like five bucks before, for all shows before four o'clock and then like seven bucks at night. Yeah. Which seems absurd given the ticket prices in like Los Angeles. Yeah. But, uh, and they've got one of those, you know, Coke freestyle thing where it's like you can
1: dial up just like any flavor that Coke has. Right. They have like 160, flavor, right. Yeah, any, but, any flavor of Coke plus one of 15 different added flavors that you can, so you've got like 160 flavors, different choices, but yeah.
0: not just Coke, but every product. Oh yeah. Itself, oh yeah. I love those. Oh, things. that's
1: ingenious. Yeah. I love those things. It's like,
0: <laughs> yes, uh-huh. and this. a yeah, but yeah. all of mine's non-carbonated because I just I don't drink soda. So, Good for you. Know,
1: you. you know, you uh,
0: learned something about me today, folks.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, the theaters I like are the ones that are like uh, very comfy couch styles where they'll bring you food. You know, yeah. uh, they've got we've got a few of those, uh, and you would think that a, a, like a theater like that would encourage talking. The first time I went to one, I was like, oh, great. You know, we're all sitting on couches. People are going to be coming in with food. This is just going to be a massive distraction. Oh, I've
0: been to, uh, yeah, I've been to one of those here when Casino Royale came out, Mm -hmm. and it was probably like my second time. It was actually my second time seeing it, but I went with a group of friends to a place that where they did that. Yeah, that was that was a very interesting experience for sure. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I thought for sure I I was going to fall asleep in the movie too because the couch was incredibly comfortable. People mm -hmm. are bringing me food you know you hit a little button and somebody comes over and you can place an order get another pitcher of soda or beer or whatever it's like
0: being it's like being at like a a comedy club or something yeah it was wonderful live comics
1: yeah yeah Um, those are that's my favorite experience
0: not that comedy clubs aren't good support live comedy folks yes but yeah no so that i mean that's i that was kind of the highlight of my week this week i've I've been meaning to do better about stuff but good for you when am i not you know (laughs) <laughs> we, we always mean to do better. I've okay. been thinking about I've been thinking about binge watching like all the Star Trek show, all the Star Trek series. Wow, on Netflix. Um, That's a lot. It is a lot. All the Star
1: uh, Trek series? Are you talking about everything? In
0: chronological order? Yeah. What? So, I know. Well, they have them all on Netflix. So. Oh my goodness. Including the a- animated series. All right. So, I'm like oh, I got
1: to jump on that. See you in about a year.
0: Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I might do like an episode or two a day, except for the weekends, depending, you know. it's Well, I watch it like I watch MASH right now. It's, you know, throw a couple episodes on just in the background as I'm getting ready to go to right. sleep or something, you know.
1: I actually tried one time to watch the entire series from start to finish of Leave it to Beaver, and <laughs> I, I couldn't get through the first season. There yeah. were so many episodes. I was sick of that family after about, you know, 23 episodes in. It
0: is true. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember having to watch those years and years ago. God, yeah, it's been probably close to 20 years now. Uh, One of my first gigs uh, was I was working production crew at a TV station. And I was doing master control, which basically, you know, we run everything, run all the programming, you know, out of the station to broadcast to people. And I had not our station, but we had a little sister station, essentially, Hmm that had that served like Bullhead City and Laughlin right there on the Arizona Nevada border and so in the middle of the night they went to what they call family net which they had like a movie but then they'd run all of this stuff like leave it to beaver the real McCoys Dobie Gillis a whole bunch of, and I I'd end up having to watch it because it was before the morning news at the main station which I helped run so it was before my actual job I'm like sitting there going I'm like half asleep Cause I've been up all night and I'm like, ah, i like, <laughs> you know? I just thought
1: of Drif- a song drifting in and out of Dobie Gillis. Like, Oh, <laughs> while you were talking, I just thought of a song <laughs> Oh yeah, sister station with the TV show. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, that yeah. Happens. So that's, that's, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on with me. Nice. Very good. Tell you what though, I think what we should do is find out what's happening with other Bryans in the news. Bryans in the news. Okay. Well, first up uh, today, Brian Williams, the NBC anchor who got suspended for six months after the whole, Mm. I don't know what you would call that um, memory gate issue, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, But he's getting ready to come back on the air on MSNBC at the time we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow. When when this airs, it'll been a few days.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so he's going to be on, but he's going to be on during the day on on the MSNBC, which is the cable network as opposed to the main network. Mm-hmm. But he his daughter Allison, who is on the HBO show Girls, got married over the weekend. Oh, that's kind of why that happened. He there you know he was walking her down the aisle, but they nice. were mostly talking about his getting ready to come back on the air. Not
1: when well, they were walking down the aisle. They weren't talking about that. That's ridiculous.
0: Well, not, not to him. No, no,
1: no. The stories I was reading. What a were, silly conversation to be having as you're walking your daughter down the aisle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, honey, I'm going to be back on the air on Tuesday. Yes, dad. I've heard it 600 times know. already. <laughs> you no, know, dad. Shh, this is my day. As he's marching down to the wedding march, I'm on the air, I'm on the air. Shut up, Dad. This is my day. (laughs) Yeah, so, and and I don't remember the name of the guy that she married, but that's not really important. (laughs) Um, He's
1: important, come on.
0: Well, I mean, it's important to her, I'm sure. I don't know who he is, though. Well, I hope she knows his name. I'm sure, and I hope they have a... I'm not a big fan yeah. of the show Girls anyway. That's okay. It's mm. not my thing. Mm. But they've done very well. So congratulations fine. on both the um, show and the and the wedding. And then um next up is B of A. Oh. This was one I totally forgot about the CEO and chairman of B of A, Brian Moynihan. Whoa, is facing some issues oh, no. this week. Um, they have a shareholder vote coming up. Uh oh tomorrow which Mm. is tuesday which will have already happened by the time this episode goes to air so hopefully well i i doesn't matter to me either way he may or may not actually keep his job Um, there's some discussion about i mean he's talking about they're they're talking about potentially more layoffs oh man um within the bank but also there's some discussion because the board named him uh, chairman last year, mm. what happened was in 2010, when he got, when he was brought on as CEO, the board voted to separate the CEO and the chairman mm. positions and keep them separate from each other. Mm. And this was as a result of the 2008 financial crisis. The previous guy was in trouble. So they were like, no, we, we can't let him stay as CEO. Mm. So they left him as chairman of the board instead. Mm. And it was like, well, we'll appoint a new CEO and things, will, you know, we'll move on. So they appointed uh, Brian Moynihan to the position. But now, what happened was after the other guy retired as chairman, mm-hmm. they merged the two back. But it did not; co- it was not brought up for a shareholder vote, oh. which is bad. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I'm, not, I'm not a business guy; I don't really know. Um, I can only imagine. I, I admit I would be interested to to get him as a, if if this podcast ever gets popular enough to have him on as a guest. To understand the world of multinational banking conglomerates and high finance, to get to understand from the end user. Because full disclosure, I am a B of A customer and reasonably satisfied one. Very good. Despite all the fees and some of the other crap that goes on. Mm -hmm. But but I'm interested in that. And from that, that, get that perspective. Of somebody that high up, over you know, as opposed to the little people about you know all that stuff, because mm-hmm. people Wall Street is not very popular Mm-mm. these days, um, and justifiably so, I, I would say. Yeah, but uh, and B of A was not was among those to kind of picked off the the leavings of the financial crisis, right. but uh, but that would be interesting. I'm kind of curious, and hey, maybe he'll have some free time if he loses his job. I don't know. Mm. Well, we can always but, hope for the best for him. Yeah, exactly. You never want to see that. Um, let's see. Next one Pope Francis, you know, coming visiting the U.S. this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you had watched any of the news or read the stuff online. Unfortunately, uh, morning anchor Brian Kilmeade, mm. who is a member of the Fox and Friends family on Fox News, bagged on the Pope. Why? <laughs> he is not happy. He thinks the Pope should not have come. Why? Because of the environmental message that he's been giving out, and he's been speaking out against economic inequality, uh-huh. and basically because Pope Francis is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is. He's, frankly, the most awesome pope I've seen in my lifetime, and even John Paul was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. holy crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to speak.
1: <laughs> Shame on
0: you. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, um, but... Yeah, no, and so I is this Brian? I,
1: is, is this Brian down the East Coast? Is he in New York? Where is he?
0: Yeah, this is in. Yeah, the show's in New York. Brian, I, I know why he's upset. He's basically Stephen Colbert referred to him as the the um, the guy who's not Steve Ducey.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just upset he's not going to be getting his iPhone 6S because that'll be all delayed because of the Pope's the Pope's visit.
0: Yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, that's I what's happening cause pre-orders are out the out the wazoo. So mm-hmm. it's, there's already delays anyway. So that
1: was a big thing uh, coming out of the East Coast was that uh, the iPhone six S was going to be delayed because of Pope the Pope's visit.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be delayed for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> I don't
1: know. And
0: it's it's mostly just I think it's just pre-order numbers because within like thirty minutes of it going online
1: for pre-order, there were there were already delays of like two or three weeks. That's because there was like seven gajillion yeah, of these things yeah. ordered. How, how do you I really,
0: sh- I really should have been one of them, but mm. I, I can wait. That's fine. Yeah. But okay. So that's, that's all the semi good. And then the not so good news. And now I have, I do have a couple of obituaries. Oh, uh, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, the first one that I read out of the BBC on, I believe he, it was on sad this past Saturday, Brian Sewell. Oh, Who was an art critic. Mm. For the London Evening Standard, and actually very well known in the UK, passed away at age eighty-four.
2: Mm.
0: A good long life, but he was very like controversial because he never pulled his punches. Mm. He's a very is a harsh critic, but a logical one in terms of how he right. approached his art criticism. So well, I'm like, mm, you know, a good I, message I've, I've in heard, there. You know, I've never read his stuff, but hey, you know, well, he, he's, he's he was very well respected. Yeah,
1: well, integrity goes a long way. You know,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. And then this one. Is a little less known. Uh, this comes out of the Water Time, Watertown Times in upstate New York. Uh, Brian Delaney of Pless, I think it's Plessy, New York. I hope I'm passing it out right. Mm. He passed away at yeah. 77. I think just of natural causes. This guy was a school bus driver and a mechanic for the school district there for Alexandria, Alexandria Central School District, mm. as well as a volunteer firefighter in Plessy for over 40 years. Wow. He did both jobs for over 40 years. And that's really all I know. I mean, he's got family that survives him, obviously. You yeah, know, it's a typical obituary. But I just thought that was kind of cool. So you know, shout out to the Delaney family. Right. They have uh, they have donation. They asked for in lieu of you know to donate to the Plessy Volunteer Fire Department Building Fund. Mm. So yeah you know, that was kind of cool. I'm like, yeah oh, you know, that, that's a guy who that's that's a life of service right there yeah. you know basically making sure kids get school safe and right. you know don't catch on fire i guess right or that, if sounded you're on, really, that sounded really awkward
1: <laughs> that's terrible
0: it is terrible i didn't mean it i didn't mean it sounded that way but you know what nobody died nobody caught it well people died but nobody caught it he died i, I stop talking
1: <laughs> get your foot out of your mouth already <laughs> I'll end this segment by saying our thoughts and prayers are with the families, uh, friends and families of of these two gentlemen. Thank you. There you go.
0: You're way more socially adept than I am, apparently.
1: (laughs) Just shut up.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, that is it for, that's all I have for Brian's In The News.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That was good. You know, you
0: can close it out. Oh, I can make
1: sure. Sure. Let me, here, let me, let me take care of this.
0: Brian's in the news. All right. Well, I think it's about time. We're running. Well, I can't say long. I don't know how long it's going to be. But, uh, I think we should roll on into the interview. Let's uh, let's go. With, with my, my good friend, my old, my old, my longtime friend, apparently. Yes. (laughs) Oh. Uh. I am tired,
1: aren't I? Awesome.
0: <laughs> Long-time friend, operations manager, multi-fandom geek, raconteur, I guess, I don't know, Brian Banks. Mm-hmm. So check this out, and we will catch you all on the other side. Voila! There he is. How are you doing? Brian, this is Brian. Brian, this is Brian. Hi. <laughs> we
3: have three of us here.
0: <laughs> this is Brian. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll do a Google Hangout and there'll be like eight of us. And that'll be really confusing. <laughs> wow, that'll yes. be something.
1: That If we get to that point where there are eight of us on one call, we'll have sponsors.
0: We'll <laughs> I'm do, sure. <laughs> we'll have to do a live event. Maybe NMX or something. We'll That's right. Find right. every Brian in the place and like have a whole, whole convention. <sighs>
3: <sighs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, so how are you, man? I I'm uh good. I haven't seen you this close to in person in several years, so it's been.
3: I think the last time I saw you was at the R and R.
1: Yeah, I think so. What is the R and R?
3: It's uh, basically a place in Old Town Scottsdale. Oh. Um, it's you know a food mostly a bar, yeah. uh, but caters to service industries. Ah. That was
0: that was one of our several mini reunions for high school, right. if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. No. That, that was was that bef- I think that was before I left for LA. Uh yes it was. Yeah, in 09. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it. has been 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 an eternity well, since no, then. No, no, it
3: it wasn't uh, uh no, Or you was I back
0: for Oh, no, I was back for the holiday, I think. Yes. Yeah. Cuz
3: uh it was I think 11 or 12.
0: Probably would have been 11. Yeah. Mm. I think it would have, I think it would have been 2011. Yeah. So it's been a few years, but yeah. you got a you got an interesting kind of retro 70s mop top thing going on.
3: I'm growing it out and yeah. like with it's, the, ve- yeah, it's it's the, very Danny Partridge. Well, with the humidity today, absolutely destroyed. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thrilled, Brian, I have to
0: say to you, I'm thrilled that you could join us on this. This is actually our first episode. Very okay. first. So you are, are the inaugural guest of honor. Thank you. Right, for, for, for the here. Brian Trust. So right. I'm mm. flattered you could join us. And I I got to ask about this because, you know, I was doing some light Google stalking because that's, that's what you do. <laughs> You know, um, I have no idea uh, what's out there. Not much, frankly, <laughs> which is okay. No, I I noticed like because I remember when when we talked a few years ago, you were working for Rolf, who is a relatively well known hairdresser, no yeah. stylist, so, a salon guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like
0: our own little Paul Mitchell sort of thing, oh. you know, going yeah. on in Phoenix, a local guy. He'll
3: just um, but, himself as Vidal Sassoon.
0: Ah, yes, thank you. That I was, yeah, I knew that I knew it was one of those names. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'm not a hair guy, if you could tell,
1: um, but,
3: uh, well, I you know. wasn't either. And that's what kind of made that job interesting.
1: What did you do for the, uh, Vidal Sassoon of, uh, Scottsdale?
3: Uh, I was their finance and operations manager. Oh, I see. So I worked in their corporate office. Um, very, very interesting scenario because again, not anybody that's ever paid attention to fashion or beauty or anything like that. Um, it, it was very interesting to be suddenly plunged into an environment with essentially a hundred stylists, uh, all women. Um, oh, yeah, that's rough. Within the ages of like 18 to 34 was probably the, the, the age range.
1: You poor man.
3: Yeah, A couple like, yeah, <laughs> older people. But yes, much drama.
1: Mm. Mm. And probably a lot of hair Zucker. on the
0: floor, too. So I'm curious about that because I never—I don't think I remember asking this last time and, and some of this I kind of got from your resume. But you – because you and I – I mean we go back to high school mm-hmm. obviously and that's 20 plus years now. <laughs> oh, Actually, uh, I
3: think we go back to middle school. You were in the same class as Jen Powelson and I. What yeah, oh, class, was wow. Yeah. Grade and you were in eighth grade.
0: Oh. Damn. Yeah, that does go back. Okay. I, yeah, I do remember that now. Long time. Wow. Now I, now I just really feel old. Uh, my niece, well, my niece just graduated high school this year. So she started yeah. at ASU a couple of weeks ago. So I was just like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are old. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> but so, so I saw that you went, you went to back to back east to my old stomping ground. So you ended up going to Penn, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, yeah. and what did you do there? Was it just,
3: uh, kind of, I did a psych degree there. Um, okay. It was basically like um, just kind of, um, you know, the lowest key of the IBs between, well, <laughs> it was that and Brown. Mm. And Brown doesn't even have grades. And I was like, I can't go that far.
0: <laughs> so you wanted a slacker degree that wasn't communication. Right. So, you know, <laughs> go for the easiest thing you could think of with psychology.
3: Yes. Well, no, that was where my interest was. And uh, sure. frankly, like I ended up doing uh, projects for... Um, uh, the guy that was, uh, the, uh, head of the APA at the time. Mm, so yeah. like, you know, it, it was definitely a, like a legit in institution and like, I, I definitely learned a lot, but at the end of it, I also learned, um, that you can't really do much with the psych BA mm. no matter where it's from. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Chuck, much like a theater degree.
3: Hmm. right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you have an area of focus? Uh, when you were studying psychology, like did you uh, uh...
3: child psychology? Oh, uh, yeah. I actually did. Um, uh, when I was out here uh, for one of my like summer projects, uh, worked with a bereavement community. Oh. Um, uh, it's a, a center called PERC, which was preventive intervention, uh, preventive intervention. Uh, like, and I think it was research with children,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and it was basically like helping families and especially children deal with bereavement. Mm. And so it was something that, uh, you know, they were trying to basically figure out what the steps were that you could take in order to like interrupt the negative thought cycles, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, teach kids to, to, to basically pull themselves out. It was actually fairly successful as well. And so, I mean, it's something that does actually work very well with families. Mm. And especially when you've got family buy-in to a program like that, like it actually ends up being something that's beneficial for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. How long did you do that?
3: Uh did that just for a summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely great experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can
0: imagine. So so then, so Micah, uh, obviously, as you said, you discovered couldn't do much with a BA in psych. Is that what, is that why you decided to go to grad school or...
3: Uh, Yeah, actually. uh, And it was one of those interesting things that I decided that I was going to go to uh, Cleveland State University because uh, I did research on various programs uh, because I decided I wanted to do something along the lines of like an MBA, uh, which is a little more practical. Uh, And they were the only place in the country that had a consumer psychology program that was included as part of the business school. And so I applied for that. And needless to say, between the time that I applied and fall enrollment, they canceled that class. Oh. So uh, like I showed up and, uh, you know, there, there was no consumer psych program anymore. <laughs> and so, but but I will say that I kind of went whole hog on that. Like I ended up uh, like just really digging into um, at the time, you know, this was 1999. Uh, I was really digging whole hog into e-commerce, marketing, uh, you know, I, like ITS services, because I always built, built my own computers. Um, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, I just had a, a natural affinity for. Mm. Uh, but the, the real surprise for me was um, learning about operations and like basically the, the, the science of making things more efficient, Mm. Like the entire Six Sigma philosophy, the lean manufacturing, all of that. And that, you know, there was an actual science to going through a process and saying, OK, here's where we need to actually monitor and we need to make changes. And uh, like that ended up being my love out of all of those.
0: Mm. So, OK, let me ask you this, then, just for for our our many, many listener out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, well, for the layman, I guess maybe because I I know I see it a lot in and I've seen it in various adventures in the corporate world and like that. Can can you like define? Can you kind of nutshell what Six Sigma actually is? Mm. I because I see I just don't really understand it. Maybe you know just
3: yeah, uh, absolutely. Like uh, I've actually like I've gone through. I've got my Six Sigma black belt at this point. Um, Six Sigma is basically process improvement. It's basically Going through um, and identifying what problem that you're having. So, you know, in the case, it's easy to make uh, the case for manufacturing. It's more difficult for services. Mm. Um, But let's say that you have um, out of 100 airplane engines that you make, four of them are defective because of X part. So you go in and you basically identify, okay, what's causing this part to become a problem? And you go through the entire process and you say, okay, we're receiving these parts late. We don't have time to inspect them. Uh, You know, they're basically being thrown into the engine without us being able to quality check them. And then we get to the final end point of the engine test and these things blow out. So you identify like what all the root causes are. You do a statistical analysis to say, okay, you know, this part uh, may fail. This part may fail. These two parts together cause a catastrophic blowout. And so you do all of these different uh, analyses to determine, you know, where the biggest areas of improvement are. Then you start to put in, okay, well, how do we actually control for this? You know, do we put in place an inspection process prior to them going through? Do we need to have um, an extra supply chain? Because this person can't get us you know, this part in a consistent manner, so we need a, a backup. And so you, you go through all of these different stages in order to determine what the best process is. You put the monitoring in place so that you can then say, okay, we're going to change this variable. We're going to add this supplier. Does it have an impact in terms of how, you know, how many quality parts we put out? And you, know, you continually test this. And so the idea is that you, you find the biggest areas of problems that are in your process, you eliminate those, and then you focus on the next one, and then you focus on the next one. And they get smaller and smaller, but you continually do this. And Six Sigma is actually uh, like if you consider um, statistics, like you have standard deviations, Six Sigma would be six standard deviations. And so it literally means that you would have one defect in like one million products. You have a ninety nine point nine 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 percent success rate.
1: That's very interesting. Ugh. And you can apply okay. this to just about anything.
3: You can. It, it becomes difficult when you when you're talking about services because you you get into the point of defining like it's very easy to say that okay I have an aircraft engine that fails, but it's more difficult to say okay how do we define quality in terms of a service industry? Is it a successful co- customer interaction? Is it somebody that, uh, you know, goes to McDonald's and gets the right thickness of pickle? You know, it, it's something that uh, it, it's very difficult to like quantify in and getting people to agree on that is actually probably the, one of the first steps in the process just to determine what the actual like goals and measurements are going. To mm-hmm. be. Nice.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so then being a black belt, so to speak, in Six Sigma, now does this this means you have a certain level of experience with the methodology itself, a certain knowledge? Is and can you also kill a man with a paperclip in like three different ways?
3: Well, yes, but that's unrelated to Six Sigma. Oh, okay. Good. All right.
1: That, that just, well, we would have like, to first we would first that, have that, to come up with a unit of measurement of how quickly the man died after being struck by said paperclip.
0: That's true. What would be the point of biological failure? Right. Then, right. Okay. Yeah.
3: I see. And of I the guess, million okay. people
1: that you oh, kill.
3: No, but uh, everything I learned, I learned from Clippy. So oh, as no. most of
1: us, <laughs> <laughs> I miss you that. bit.
3: like a, as a cautionary tale or no, <laughs> no, no. No. I mean, he, he is basically the ninja master. Mm-hmm. Like That's he, he's all friendly. Like, he, you know, when windows what, 98 came out or whatever, he's it looks like, like oh, you're paying for death. You yeah.
0: Would you like some help with that?
3: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. I will say this. Uh, I mean, I have a relatively high IQ, and that made my brain hurt. Um, <laughs> ah, that's fascinating. That is. You know, it, fascinating. it's interesting. I w- I was always curious about it, and I, I sit there and go, know, yeah, I can kind of see some of that. It's and, a very
3: you know,
1: analytical, uh, systematic yeah. approach to problem solving. Or yeah, you know, is- I feel
3: usually you form teams that 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 go through, and you know, part of the part of the real like value as far as uh, Six Sigma is concerned is that very often people don't actually have a functional understanding of what actually takes place in order to achieve like said result or or said product.
0: So then, so you've taken this and kind of applied it, I assume across a number of different jobs over the years and things. Now, did this apply to now? So I have to go back because looking back a little bit. So orange cat uh-huh. Was that was that your own company or is that that was,
3: your, yeah, that was my own company? OK, uh, I first came out after uh, business school, uh, basically started in small business consulting. And again, this was 2001. And so this was more along the lines of really coming out. And, you know, people were really kind of coming uh, as, you know, businesses were concerned, established businesses were were concerned. Uh, They were coming to grips with the fact that computers were really going to be here and be here to stay and that, uh, you know, that they were something that they needed to, you know, focus on and really update from paper and pen in a lot of situations to, you know, online solutions.
0: Yeah. Not a lot of
3: people were using access. Not a lot of people even had email servers set up. You, you didn't have like OLAP da- databases and things like that yeah uh-huh. you know it, unless you were a super high-end company mm-hmm. you know one of the businesses I consulted with uh, they were running off an Excel spreadsheet for um, you know their uh, depreciation schedule for yeah. like all of the assets that they had. They had 230,000 cells in that Excel sheet.
0: I don't see and the so, problem. I know, right? <laughs> right.
3: Try, trying to manage that on like a month-to-month basis, as opposed to using a program or a database, you know, it, it, it was revolutionary to a lot of these companies to, sure. to take that leap forward and just have a program that you could say, "Okay, what's my depreciation for this month?" There you go.
0: Very cool. That's interesting. So, so okay. So let me ask you the 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 organization you're with now is public partnerships? Is that correct? It's correct. And, and what do they do? I'm not familiar with them. I don't know. Okay, Spe- so
3: We basically keep uh, disabled and el- elderly people in their homes as opposed to having to go to nur- nursing facilities mm. or institutions. Mm. Nice. Um, Medicaid funds a number of different programs in different states. And <sighs> essentially, the states create the programs. They're, self- they're called self-directed care. And uh, they allow... People with disabilities that qualify for these programs to select their own care provider, and the state will then uh, give them an allowance or a budget in order to pay for these care providers. Uh, And those care providers will come into their home and actually provide the care services for them. It saves the state's money uh, because they don't have to pay for a nursing facility for these people, Uh, and it keeps the people in their house nice comfortable environment that they're used to. Uh, You know, if you've had a stroke or if you've had traumatic brain injury or whatever, being thrown into another situation is very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And uh you know this allows them to stay in their house. Um and very often, uh and it depends on the individual states itself, but very often um the relatives of the person that's affected can go through the necessary steps in order to um, become a care provider. And so if you're talking about somebody, you know, and just for the sake of argument, let's say that your aunt has a stroke and you have to give up your full-time job in order to help care for them, you may go through the process of becoming a care provider, getting your certifications, learning all the techniques, Um, and you will then qualify to be a care provider in certain states, uh, and you will get the same pay pay scale as somebody else that you would bring into the home. Hmm. So it's not a lot of money. In in a lot of cases, we're talking about $10, $11 an hour. But for somebody that's had to give up a full-time position at another company, it means the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: You know, this is going from zero income to you know, uh, basically a, a small income for something that you're going to have to be doing with, you know, doing anyway. You know, it, it's one of those things that uh, what what the states do is they contract public partnerships. Public partnerships handles all of the paperwork, um, the actual payroll, um, and a lot of the tax stuff as, as well. So that um, because in a lot of cases, the person uh, who is affected is considered the employer. And you're talking about somebody who's probably never run a business in their life. Um, and, you know, at this point is affected by a disability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to have them navigate through the entire like government maze work as far as paperwork and stuff like that, very difficult. So instead the states pay us uh, in order to assist them with this and we've got the economy to scale. That, you know we, we now operate in I think 29 different states um, and uh, you know we, we are able to help them kind of get through that maze work and provide those services and they don't have to worry about it you know I, I say that I can't have a bad day um, because if I go in there and I have to put out fires all day I've prevented hundreds or thousands of other people from not having a bad day.
1: That is an cool. excellent cool. way of looking at things.
0: On to some slightly more heady fare, which is, um, how excited are you for the new Star Wars? On. How, that <laughs> is a cool, no, what don't. a segue. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the master.
1: I feel great.
0: No, um, <laughs> no <'cause laughs> I know, I know that you, you are a huge geek. I mean, it's, you've got mm-hmm. yourself dressed as a brown coat in front of a TARDIS at a convention. I mean, come on, I, man.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. So, I just I'm
0: curious about some of the, some of your own particular fandoms um and I know I think I have a feeling our tastes kind of align right. on a lot of that. <laughs> so
3: but I will say as far as uh Star Wars, um I will say cautious anticipation. Okay. Um, you know That's uh, fair.
0: That's totally fair.
3: After watching, you know, one through three, um kind of like a little bit of uh, please don't go here again uh, kind of uh, mentality because yeah, yeah. to a certain extent, each one of those movies was worse than the last.
1: But <laughs> have you watched them in the machete order? Uh-huh. See, I remembered it.
3: I have not watched them in the machete order.
1: I have not either. Yeah. It's Probably something fair, on my I list. I really
3: either, but that's okay. <laughs> I like
1: the fact that the machete order cuts out the first one completely.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true well i mean it really is the most superfluous movie but uh just awful well my <laughs> I, i'm curious about that like for me i know it was i think what sold me on on the new one coming out on episode seven was uh the footage i saw from star wars celebration when they rolled the robot out on stage mm-hmm. bb8 it's like a ball with a head mm-hmm. and it's real like it's a practical effect it was like holy crap i'm mm-hmm. in
3: yeah that Go i ahead. absolutely loved as far as um uh, the most recent uh, Mad Max movie, uh, Fury Road. If you saw that, like that entire... The guitar movie,
0: flamethrower guy, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, more than that, that entire movie, like every frame is a piece of art.
0: Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know, no. I've...
3: Start to finish. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, is going to happen when the Blu-ray comes out is they also filmed that in monochrome.
2: Oh.
3: And so you you think about all the flame... And all of the war boys, as far as like pale skin and like the chrome,
2: yeah, it yeah. looks amazing.
1: Yeah, hmm.
3: Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, all of those were real effects. Like if you've watched the B-Reel, yeah. mm. like, uh, you know, to, to watch those guys going across the desert at 40 miles an hour, swinging on poles. Mm. And like, you know, that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, that's what I like, I think, is, is some of this. It's not... And that was the thing I think with again with Star Wars with Episode Seven, the idea of more of a going back to more of a reliance on practical effects. Mm. I think that that to me was one of the biggest d- detractors of the prequels, besides the the thin plot and the really terrible characterizations, and you know this that and, the, and you know I'm not I'm going to discuss he who will not be named, but <laughs> um, but the idea that it was there was this over reliance on digital technology to replace. Mm everything because you could see it so much in, especially in episode one, but then in episode two and episode three, like how much of that was digital mm-hmm. and the technology was almost there, but not quite. So it was just like, uh, you know, I think it, I think that adds like that extra little kind of fu you to it. It's mm-hmm. just like, you're going to pay money to see this anyway. But
3: oh, you know, I, I think uh, the biggest travesty of the, 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 you know, the prequel trilogy is the, the fact that you took the force from being, a mystical uh, subject and you Mm. turned it into midichlorians, which is basically mitochondrion theory. Basically just uh, biology. (laughs) And it's like, well, and you think about it this way. So like, if you want to think about Anakin as being like the, you know, the Jesus Christ of uh, of like midichlorians, um, every time he gets a limb sliced off, he's got less midichlorians. (laughs) So like, I, yeah, I just like he's getting less and less powerful as you're like slicing crap off of him. Hmm. I would think so. Well, and then that,
0: well then that leads to the idea it's like, well, he still seems pretty powerful even with three limbs missing. So, I don't right. know oh, where did he store it all. Maybe mm. we should ask Padme. Right.
3: <laughs> um. There
0: <laughs> explicit tag uh, no. <laughs> yeah no i mean i uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. that too but it's it's like looking at any any kind of thing when they take it you know, anything that jj J. abrams takes over i'm always a little cautious about especially after you know lens flare trek mm-hmm. but you know it's um but here's like my
3: lens flare i think he did a brilliant job as far as the uh, star trek reboot oh, yeah. like that's pretty much uh, the
0: first one i liked into into I, darkness i was a little more you know skittish well, about but
3: like the first one i think was everybody was amazing so. because it essentially set the framework for a reboot it's like okay right. we're actually going to go back and we're going to reset the timeline and you know i thought the, it
0: was great how they handled that yeah absolutely yeah
3: But the the interesting thing is in, in, you know, the the subtlety that I like as far as Into Darkness is concerned is – and we'll see how far they take this. I hope they don't take it too far – is that um, they kind of took that idea and said, okay, the timeline's been reset. There are still these events out there that are, you know, remaining to be engaged So, like, Khan is still out there. And so, you know, just because the timeline is reset doesn't mean that, you know, the events that took place between Star Trek the original series when they exiled Khan...
0: Right, right.
3: He's still out there. And and, and so, like, theoretically, you can re-encounter these events because there are still these independent elements out there that are not affected by the timeline shift.
0: I don't know. I think... Well, here's the thing, and I think that – and they, they touched on this, I think, in, in, in Into Darkness, which is the, the biggest problem is the Federation is now vastly different because Vulcan is no longer a factor.
3: Well, yeah. Because
0: it got blown up. You know? yeah. so, well, I mean, but
3: that, change, that changes the timeline. But let's say – let, let's, well, let's throw this into the, the Star Wars scenario. Uh, if whatever, for whatever reason you decided that you were going to reset the four through six you know, series – Okay, and okay. So Luke, let's say for whatever reason he fails to blow up the Death Star on the first run. The Death Star is still out there. Yoda's still on Dagobah. Like that event is still there and can still happen because it's independent from the timeline that's been affected currently. He's been living there since prior to, you know, when the actual like Death Star run would have occurred. So that like,
0: Luke, that's true, but then then Leia would be most likely dead because Yavin 4 would have been blown up. Right. Um, my guess is Han and Luke probably would have gone... I, I would imagine Luke would be running with Han and Chewie in some way. Right. I, I feel like that could be justified uh, if they weren't blown out of the sky by by Vader and his goons. Right. Um,
3: so all of that independent, you could still have Obi-Wan as basically the spirit that died on, you know, uh, yeah, the Death yeah. Star, saying you need to go to Degaba, You need to seek out master Yoda. And that like entire thing, it would have played out differently. And that's kind of what I think they did with into darkness, like Khan's still out there. It's still going to play out a little bit differently, but all of these yeah. things that occur, you know?
0: Well, I mean, they, I thought they justified it well enough in the story. I mean, he even explained the fact that, with Starfleet, like their fear after what happened with Nero, like their fear pushed them to explore further and further to find things better to better equip themselves with what's coming. And then they encounter the Botany Bay and they do. all. I mean, he, the Khan actually gives the backstory in the movie as to what happened. And that made perfect logical. It makes good logical sense in terms of the chronology. I think that I think, I mean, a lot of people kind of got pissed off because it, it. Played with things in a way. There was a lot of fan service to that with with Khan and then the tribbles and just little stuff here and there that just didn't quite. It didn't all quite. (laughs) Didn't feel like it all quite fit together the way it should have for a really solid movie. Yeah, I really hope they touch more on Harry Mud because they only kind of glibly tossed the line off, and that would that really pissed me off. I'm like, man, you gotta have Harry. You gotta have Mud. You can't. (laughs) Oh, that so made me mad. I really wanted to see that in like the next movie or something, you know, right. and he may still come up, you never know, but I think that would be, I think that would be funnier to some extent to, you know, bring a little joy into that, <laughs> into, this well, constant, Simon- into the constant grim dark that is movies these days where everything has to be, you know, the stakes have to be super high all the time and everybody's, you know,
3: that's, well, no, I, that's one of the reasons I love Simon Pegg in that, like, yeah. uh, you know, he 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 definitely adds a, a nice humorous quality to them, and it's just him being him.
0: Yeah. Well, no, and that's and and I'll be interested to see what he does since he's writing the next one. I'm kind of curious to see uh, what what is happening with that. So yeah, absolutely. Kind of, it sounds like it's going to be a little more true to the tone that the original series should kind of had. So I think there'll be sounds like it'll be a little bit more balanced and it back in the right direction. So we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. So like, yeah. like with most of these movies, I see trailers where I'm like, ah, all right. Yeah. You know. I mean, except now, for dead, except for Deadpool, I, I squeed like a little girl. I mean, I, I'm not going to deny okay. that. That was awesome.
3: Yeah. No, uh, I'm so happy that Deadpool is getting his own movie and that they're actually like, you know, they're devoting themselves to the character. It's going to be the first Marvel movie that's rated R. Like yes. you can't have a PG Deadpool. It doesn't well, for
0: the first, the first Marvel made movie, I believe that's rated R. Oh. Right.
3: Well, yeah. So,
0: cause if you want to talk about, you know, I mean, there was the what, the Punisher, 19? not the Thomas Jane, the original right. Punisher with it's Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren, which was barely an R. It was almost NC 17. Mm.
3: Right. Oh, so, yeah. Man,
0: I mean, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. But Tell this, this looks, really looks
3: good. And like, they do have the nice lighthearted tone as far as Deadpool is concerned.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I think they so far from what it, it looks like, they've captured the idea of it perfectly. So,
3: <laughs> but
0: oh, okay, yeah, moving on. Let's see if we can switch some fandoms up here. OK, um, well, so last one. I can ask think you of-
3: this. Have you seen Black Mirror?
0: I watched the first season. Um, I haven't seen I don't remember. I haven't seen all of season two. Uh, but yeah, the first season kind of blew me away. That's a really, dark, to me, that's like an even darker version of the twilight zone to some that's extent. That's exactly
3: how I describe it. It's a, it's yeah. a twisted version of the twilight zone.
0: Yeah. British yeah too, so yeah, I watched
3: season two and, uh, they did a Christmas special.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And it's all it's, on, I, I think it's still on Netflix. I don't know, I'll have to go look, but.
3: Uh, I don't think they have all net, uh, the episodes on Netflix. You can find them on YouTube though. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the two episodes that include white in the title are the most completely messed up, like two hours of television I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> it's White Bear and White Christmas, and they both okay, Uh The uh, yeah. uh, the they, they both kind of deal with um, the effects of criminal behavior and how society responds to them, and sure. uh, both of those are just amazing like you get to the end of it and you just have to watch it again
0: yeah okay all right cool um well since we're over the pond uh doctor who season nine in or out
3: uh wasn't a big fan of season eight to be honest um okay. the the fact that they're bringing missy back i think is actually not that cool um you know it, it is something i i think Stephen Moffat and I love him as a writer. Um, I've been a fan of his since coupling Um, as far as like heading Dr. Who.
0: Yeah. He's just not uh, the right showrunner that I, I kind of had that feeling too. I mean, I, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of other, other of my friends often wonder why I like, I liked David Tennant over Matt Smith. And I'm like, well, the problem is Matt Smith is when Stephen Moffat took over the show and things just took this really weird turn, and it's just like, eh, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. You know, it's, I mean, Matt Smith was fine, and yeah, I, I don't have a problem with most with
3: of Matt, it. But. I think he worked well with Matt Smith, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, right now, like, the series is really kind of fine. Like, and Stephen Moffat wants to write like individual seasons that are kind of self contained.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: To a certain extent, that's not what the series has been about previously, right? Right, Yeah, it's... it's, it's, They're not like one season story arcs. Um, You know, they're kind of more of a long term thing.
0: Well, I've noticed that it's interesting to me because I don't know if that is specifically unique to Doctor Who. It seems like a lot of TV I've been watching is like that these days where everything is contained within one season because half the time they don't know if they're going to get picked up again for another season. So they wrap up, they've got everything in the big climax with whatever their, their quote unquote big bad is for that season comes at the, comes in the, that season finale and they're limited. Now they've cut down to like 10 to 13 episodes a season, much in the same way British TV does. Um, especially more on cable, you see this on, than on network, but the idea is it goes through this whole season, and then they might have some teasers at the end to set up the next season if they right. get renewed, but they don't they won 't necessarily lead anywhere if nothing happens right so I think there there while I do like some of the longer arcs and things, I think I agree with you in the sense that you it 's okay to leave things a little open ended that's you know that 's life guys it Things happen. Things change. Thing things end. You know, <laughs> it's just unresolved sometimes. And yeah. yeah.
3: Now, have you watched Sensei?
0: I did. I just watched it uh, at the beginning of the month, and I was blown away. I it took a couple episodes for it to really hook me, but
3: right. I, I'm only about uh, three episodes in currently, and okay, I'm,
0: that's about where I that's that's about where I bought in. <laughs> so I right. was like, yep, okay, and I I binge watch the rest of the day. Back, so. it, like
3: the entire JMS strategy. Because yes, he's going to take the time to let you kind of savor the characters a little bit before things happen.
2: Oh yeah. And, yeah. You
3: know, it's going to be a little bit slow. And if you look at like season one of Bad five, that's the same thing. It's like season it, one is really not that eventful. You well,
0: know? I found I found what was interesting what's interesting about Sensei, and I won't spoil it, I don't know if Brian, I don't know if you've seen it. My co-host Brian, I don't know if you've seen it yet. (laughs) You should though. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's, 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 it does have, it's very Wachowski, Uh. you know, in its styling, but it's still tempered, I think a lot by Straczynski's sensibility and his storytelling Exactly. Promise, I think, and the way he can structure a story together, it makes it, I mean, it's, it's a formidable team really. And I was like, man, if they had only worked, if he'd worked with them on like cloud Atlas or something, that would have been amazing. <laughs> you know? right. Just, um. But I, but I think it was when I watched the first couple of like the first episode, it was sort of like my eyes were kind of glazing over until like the last five minutes. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then the second episode, it, it started out, and then it kind of like it resolved what happened at the end of the first episode. I'm like, okay, now it's a long stretch of boring. And then the last five minutes, it's like, oh my god! And then we get in the third episode. and I'm like, it doesn't take quite that long. And then about ten minutes in, and I'm like, okay, now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm here. You know, so right. it was just like, okay, yeah. And I didn't. I, I remember. I remember not. I mean, I didn't have that with like Babylon Five, but that's okay. You know, it was because yeah. that was purely. Straczynski, whereas this is, and I think that's part,
3: I think that's part of, and I think that that's,
0: I think that's kind of why I was, I was, I was hesitant to watch it because I, I've been burned by the Wachowskis on like everything they've done since the matrix. But it's, I just, I really like, I, and that's the thing. like I felt like most of their stuff has not been, I think the only other thing I liked was like V for Vendetta. Hmm. And so they, they haven't, most of their original stuff just really hasn't worked. I love, I admire them for just going anyway. You know, it's like, just keep going. What the hell? And we'll find something that clicks. Um, I'm glad this did. (laughs) Frankly, this was, and I can't wait to see what they do with season two. So I'm not sure where they can go with it from here, but it's just like, here's
3: here's the thing is that at any point, like as far as sensei is concerned, just from the very concept, if everybody else gets killed off, except for the one, now you spawn a new, Sensei,
0: yeah, no, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. It, it, but even then, it's like, but they can always do multiple looks and things. So I think that uh it can, it can be. But that's the thing; you can always have like a multiple cast. Like they could always come back in season two with a whole new cast. Right, I exactly. don't think that's going to happen because I think the originals are like, hey, <laughs> you know, we're right. still here. But even if even if something happens with that, with like season three, you know, you could always start with a whole new cluster.
3: Exactly.
0: Again, you know, um, I don't know that that'll happen right away. I'm kind of curious to see where they, I I do want to see where they take this. I, they, they obviously can't keep that one character in that condition forever.
3: Well, yeah, I haven't seen that far. So,
0: um, that's why I'm not trying to be as spoiler free as possible. (laughs) The way it ends was really cool, but I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure how exactly they're going to be able to, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they resolve that in season two. It's yeah. not a cliffhanger, I promise. not a cliffhanger by any stretch, but it's it's interesting. The way they leave things is kind of interesting. So, um, okay. yeah, I highly recommend it for all for all two of you listening out there. <laughs> uh, I, I highly recommend Sensei for sure to to watch. So it's okay. One more topic of fandom because I'm curious before we wrap up here. And this is sure. now you. Um, now I know you game a lot when you can. Okay board game at least especially i don't know are you
3: oh, yeah, more a board gamer or
0: video gamer or rpg what do you what, what's your favorite type of game
3: so uh traditionally it's been uh rpgs um okay. specifically like generally jrpgs um i don't find like uh, even though i own a ps4 and like have a bunch of games i find i don't sit down to them as often uh, just because there aren't that many times that I can devote myself to a four to 10 hour gaming session nowadays. Oh, no. Sure. Um, but I do host uh, monthly uh, board game nights. Oh. And so um, there's a series called Tabletop. Uh, yes. By Geek Table and with Will Wheaton.
0: We'll put it in the show notes.
3: But, uh, I mean, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. And never in my life did I imagine that I would have as much fun watching other people play a board game.
0: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what did you? Um, what did? Have you thought? Have you? I I have to ask you this because I'm kind of curious about this. I mean, I found I've watched it religiously from the beginning because I love tabletop. This season hasn't been as engaging. I don't know if it was the choice of games or the choice of guests or is it me? I don't know. Did you find it? as I, uh, I felt like sometimes i'm like just kind of turning it off because i'm just like eh, you know well,
3: see like i leave it uh when i'm at work i just leave it on in the background and then okay. like um you know i listen to it listen to the play the game then play the game when there's a rules explanation or something like that then i'll like stop watch it and back. And, okay. and so it's just in the background and you know it's, it's not like i'm sitting there and watching it dedicated and, and, and I'm not sure that I would get the same enjoyment out of it if I did.
1: Sure, sure.
3: But, uh, you know, uh, for example, the Cards Against Humanity. Um, oh,
1: love that. We just played that the other day.
0: Tabletop After Dark. Oh, just yeah. about. Tabletop
3: with Aisha Tyler, you know, uh, oh, yeah. like that was hilarious because like she literally, oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she was like, okay, I'm playing this. I need to be drunk. And so like she called in some of her like Oh yeah. You know, bring in whiskey. (laughs) Bring in whiskey, Uh, and uh, like you had overly attached girlfriend in that episode to see her get drunk. Like she's like, I have no idea what I'm doing here.
0: It was all pretty funny. I think it was. I think it was. And and Will actually posted on his blog about this. um, About this season of Tabletop. Apparently, there was an issue behind the scenes where the rules were not understood or enforced as well as they could have been so they weren't really a lot of the games they played were kind of house rules as opposed to Uh, right and that's one of the things strictly following the order of the game so
3: that's one of the things that we found as we've gone through um, because you know we've purchased some of those games and played them here Uh, you know and and there are definitely some games where we're looking at the rules and we're looking at the interpretations and like I'm not sure that they ever addressed this Mm. But to to a certain extent, like in you know, with some of the games here, we've developed our own house rules, and and frankly, sure. they're more fun. Yeah. It's like well, that's... you play it, it. There's nothing that says you have to play by the rule book, and like you develop your own rules. If everybody likes it and they find it enjoyable
0: are more guidelines than a hard and fast rule. <laughs>
3: yeah. right.
1: It takes the fun yeah. out like of it a sometimes. Code.
3: Right. Well, if you if you follow the rules
1: just too closely, sometimes it takes the fun out of it and then you have, yeah. you know, well, then, yeah. then you've no, got policemen was, playing the game you know, instead of having a good time. But possibly.
0: that and that was and that was I think that was Will's point was that was his goal is to make sure people are having a fun time playing yeah. the game, but he has to balance that with making sure people can get some kind of base familiarity with these games to determine whether or not they want to buy them and play them. I think he has, he has kind of a responsibility to his audience at large as well. Right. right. And I think that he, I mean, he said outright that, you know, it's like we've made some changes. So for season four, that, that will not happen Mm. as much. We'll kind of go back. And I hope they kind of recapture some of what was good about season one. I think it may just be that he, hasn't been able to, I think he's been playing with a lot of newer people Mm. socially Mm -hmm. to him. Like they're not people that are his good friends. Like they were in season one. He basically just got a whole bunch of his friends together. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's part of it too. Now it's kind of expanding. So you've got people coming in who conveniently have something coming out right when, right when that episode airs Mm. or, you know, Mm. it's, I think everybody falls into that trap a little bit, so, and we might even eventually too. Who knows? Which yeah. is fine. That'd I'm totally great. down for that. Yes.
1: Have, <laughs> you, have you guys ever watched uh, the IT Crowd? That show. Uh, yes. Do you remember the very, very, very last episode where uh, I saw that one? Oh, you never saw that one. There's uh, there's a scene where uh, uh, the, one of the characters has a uh, like a like a video podcast. Called board game, (laughs) and um, it's horrible. (laughs) Like the the show is horrible. It's boring, and nobody wants to watch it. And he tries to get his friends to, you know, to 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 kind of look at it. Look, we've got a new episode coming out. You know, we just watched an episode. No, that was three months ago. It just seems like yesterday. You know, (laughs) and so they go. You know, and so it's funny because in this uh, in the show they actually go through and morph the show into something totally different and won't give it away, but the IT crowd crowd is a a fantastically put together. Well, put together. Remind me
0: of that. So we don't fall into that trap with this podcast. We won't. It's okay. It's hilarious. I'd like to
3: take the time to promo uh, or or promote uh, Please, please plug, do. Plug whatever.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say, plug, plug whatever plug away. you want.
3: <laughs> I, so the first is Dead of Winter, which is essentially Walking Dead the board game. Oh, right, right. And it, it's basically like you have, you know, your characters that you control, and then you also are in control of a colony. You have to go out and get food. You have to get fuel. You have to get medicine. You have to get, you know, all of these different items, uh, and your colony consists of additional like survivors uh, that are essentially dead weight. Mm. And so like you have the zombie attacks that are coming in and you have to go out and scavenge in order to like, you know, get the resources to sustain the colony. And um, the, the interesting thing is that the way that they actually manufacture the game is that you can get scratched by zombies three times before you die. Um, And every time that you make a venture outside of the colony and you move to a new location, or if you move from one location to another, you have to basically roll an encounter. And you either get nothing, you get scratched, or you get bitten. If you get bitten, your character is gone. And so every time that you actually make a move to move to another location, you have a chance of actually losing one of your characters. And so there's an actual severity to this game that is, you know, <laughs> you don't find that kind of strictness in a lot of games. And it actually does add a fair amount of tension to it.
1: Ages six and up.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the other mechanics that they put in the game, though, is that um, there's you're supposed to set up the cards so there is a 50-50 chance that you're going to have a traitor in the group oh. that is specifically designed to, like, withhold resources and cause you to fail in the individual rounds so that the colony collapses and it was funny because the first time that we played this we gave the cards to one of my friend's daughters uh, in order to you know distribute and I gave her an option of like three different traders to to put into that. She misunderstood the directions, put all three (laughs) traders into the deck out of six (laughs) players. Whoops. (laughs) And so, uh, my housemate, uh, we played this and we were playing for like two hours and the game's only supposed to last between like 69 minutes, 90 minutes. And like, we were playing for two hours and we still hadn't gotten this far. And, uh, my housemate decided that she was going to go to sleep. So she, you know, basically said, okay, I want you guys to vote me out. Cause you get the option once to vote somebody out of the camp. If you think they're the traitor. And so like we voted her out and she's like, okay, I'm the traitor. And so at that point we, we think that we're free and clear and we keep playing this game until four in the morning, trying, like trying to win this thing and fighting like every round to like gut this thing out.
1: That is dedication.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so we finally get to the end and we realize that we don't have enough cards left to actually complete the goals for the the remaining two rounds. And so we're like, okay, we're just going to give up. And at that point we found out that two other people at the table also had trader cards and had been sabotaging us the entire time. I thought you were the trader. No, wow. I thought you were the trader. I'm <laughs> saying I, we you, thought we were free and clear because uh-huh. we'd already gotten rid of the trader. But uh, I, yeah. I could see
1: emotions running high and fist fights breaking out over <laughs> something like this. This is how you find out who your true friends are, right? Right.
0: Yeah, I I, I put it this way. If I wanna if I want to that much drama around the table I'd go to work. <laughs> right. You know, or, uh, go just seems, to, like, way
1: too much stress to a for family holiday <laughs> gathering or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, save it for Thanksgiving. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which seems like a zombie feast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: And then this, the, the last game night that we had, the, um, basically the, um, su- uh, surprising star of the show was one that was just a random game that was, uh, suggested to me. I'm uh, not, not sure if you're familiar with the game of life, like the old school board game. Right, with a yeah. a spinny yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. The little car like with the, the. You pick if you're going to go to college yeah. or not. And
1: yeah, like, yeah. It's got so, the little pins that you stick in the car to represent the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's
3: exactly it. Uh huh. So there's a game out there that's called the game of real life. Oh. And so it's basically. <laughs> oh, the, God. <laughs> the twisted version of the game of life. Oh, I can only imagine. And so, well, so it's Dismaland, the board game. (laughs) Exactly. The, 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 the entire thing is you roll to like create your character, um, before you actually start playing the game. So you all announce your characters and their backstory. So like it's, you know, my name's Josh, I'm, uh, you know, upper class, uh, I'm male, uh, and you, you kind of create your character and explain your story. Um, and then you, you all start and, if you roll a one, the first square after the start is you're aborted. And then you have to like redo your character.
1: (laughs) That is messed
3: up. Uh,
1: Hey, that's (laughs) real life. I suppose so.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is what I was going Uh, to be. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, my my roommate actually, or housemate uh, dictated this game. And uh, as far as like, her span as far and she was the only one that she's the one that won because she survived the longest. Mm. Um, But uh, essentially like her life was, she was aborted once uh, at like age eight, she became an orphan. Uh, She joined a rock band with uh, another one of the people that was in the, in the game ended up um, becoming uh, attached to somebody of the same sex Ended up fathering an illegitimate child. Ended up foisting that child on a foster mother. Um, wow. Entered into an abusive relationship. Went to a porn convention and starred in a porno.
0: Starred in a porno and at the convention? Wow.
3: Yes. So it, it was basically like she did this and it, along, along the way, like all the other characters are going through this and you have a certain amount of hit points and they basically... As events happen, they take psychological tolls on you
2: Mm.
3: uh, or physical tolls on you. And everybody else was just kind of like dropping like flies. Oh, boy. But the eventual end of the game, like if you actually succeed and get all the way through life, um, you just end up in a nursing home and you just keep circling it and circling it until you pass away. (laughs) nice nice okay (laughs) it is definitely a sick game but probably the 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 best game that i've found um in terms of uh playability and replayability is a game called betrayal at house on the hill
0: yes and yes i so want to play that
3: this is a game that um and you were talking about this before brian uh, as far as like you know uh do you do i like video games do i like board games do i you know what kind of games do i like This is a game that essentially um, takes the idea of the random dungeon crawler where you go in and basically it's a randomized dungeon every time that you go in and it turns it into a board game. So you walk into a mansion and when you walk into the mansion, the only thing that you have is basically the first floor landing, the basement landing, and like the second floor landing. And there are no other rooms there. And the best way I can describe this game is it's like Clue on bath salts. It's uh, Cluthulu, uh, Right. It's
0: basically what it is. <laughs> it's, it's based on HP Lovecraft, a lot of his stuff, uh, like the Arkham I, I Horror. I actually
3: believe it's based off of a Vincent Price movie. Oh.
0: Well, The there, Fall of the House of Usher, you mean? Or? No, there's a... Uh, a. Um, oh, yeah, no, House on Haunted Hill or... Right. Something Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ages three and up. Very cool. <laughs>
0: Well, okay. Well, we we're running a little long, so yep. I think we. When I wrap this up, do you have anything? I don't know if you specific. Do you have any any cause celeb you want to promote or anything you want to plug for yourself or anyone else? Or you don't have to. It's not management. No,
3: not really. I mean, it's right. uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I just kind of you know view what's interesting and uh, always trying to keep my mind open and uh, awesome. You know, it, it's something that. Uh, you know that to me that's the way you, you got to be um it, it keeps you open to new things and like you never kind of turn your nose up at things yeah yeah very
0: cool Yeah, well, that's very cool in that spirit then thank you so much for being open-minded thank about you. helping us out with yes. getting this podcast off the ground oh absolutely sure um we may we may have to have you back some point absolutely. down the road with year-end movie review or something, something. We can do kind of a, a good brain brian Brian, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, trust, I guess. Hey, what do you know? Wow, that sounds like a really great podcast name.
1: Mm. Mm. Brilliant.
0: So, Brian Panks, thank you
1: so much. Yes, thank you
0: for Absolutely. for joining us. Uh, do you uh, do you want people to stalk you on Twitter or Facebook or? You uh, know? I
3: don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any Twitter, so okay. that's <laughs> that's not really an option. But that's, uh yeah. You know, I have no, no problem. No,
0: you're not, you're not. Yeah. You're a private person. It's all right. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's,
3: like Facebook is fine, but.
0: Well, yeah. I just, I just mean, I just mean it's that you're not looking. You're like, follow me. Oh my God. You know, yeah,
3: I'm looking forward or, to
0: talking
1: with you again after Star Wars comes out. Yeah.
0: Definitely. That'll
3: be interesting. That'll be right? very interesting.
1: Like, uh,
0: um, I'll have to do a whole spoilery, spoilery episode Warn people like, don't listen until for six months if you haven't seen these movies. Right, Right. But all right, man. Well, it's good seeing you, even virtually. um, Yes, very nice meeting you. I'm definitely going to have to talk to you about game night because now that I'm not living in BFE, I have access to ready transportation. (laughs) We can can actually get together in person now. So you know,
3: oh, absolutely.
0: Thank God for the light rail. That's all I can say. Mm. So, (laughs) but uh, all right. Well, take it easy, man. And again, thanks. Thanks for joining
3: us. Well, Brian and Brian. Goodbye from Brian.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. No. It was
0: I thought it was a really good interview and
1: it's fun to talk to him. I I learned a lot. He's a really smart guy. He He is is, really smart. I
0: I will say there was a very very detailed description of what Six Sigma is without getting so complex that you don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, my brain still kind of (laughs) hurts. From the description of it, I but, have no uh, idea
1: what that was, uh, and to to meet somebody that was actually a grandmaster of Six Sigma,
0: yeah, well, black belt, black belt, well. yes. Um, I wonder if that means he has to like teach others or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe so, but um, no. I also liked I kind of liked nerding out with him about about board games a little mm-hmm. bit and things that I think I I really was my whole intention of the whole evening interview sure. <laughs> it was like, I really want to talk about this. Yeah. Right. But it was still, no, it was still fascinating to understand what he, what it is he does for. And the fact that he works with public partnerships and keeping people in their houses and yeah. Yeah. You know Something that's a really nice thing to do for the yeah, community. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, uh, but he good is a guy. He is and a I,
1: thinking man. He just thinks.
0: Yeah. He does his monthly board game nights. I wasn't yeah. able to go this weekend. Uh, they just—he just had one, but they do—they have another one coming up in a few weeks. So I'm going to try and make it to that. Yeah. So I can so I can play some Cards Against Humanity or something. <laughs> oh, that
1: that is the best. That's I, God, I
0: absolutely is. love it's that so game. Much fun. Well, there is there is an online version called Cards Against Originality.
1: Oh. Uh, is it just is pretty... as filthy? Like you feel bad? <laughs> oh, <laughs> throwing yeah. some of the oh, yeah. some oh, of yeah. the
0: answers it's, down. It's absolutely terrible.
1: You just feel, You yeah. know what? When you're in a larger group. It's hilarious. When you're playing with uh, a few people, it's slightly yeah, creepy. It's not, it's creepy.
0: <laughs> it's not well, a- that. that and, Well, the, what they did with cards against originality, it's not by the same company. They basically, because the cards against humanity guys don't actually care.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: They literally copied the cards. Yeah. Online. Oh, that's great. It's just those. And so, and they're, they're building expansion sets for the system for the online game. And yeah. But that's why they called it that. Because technically, I could, I even. I think they even said "Cards Against Humanity." Like they didn't really copyright the game. Yeah. I think they left it, or it's. I think it's released under Creative Commons, so people can, can do stuff like that. Yeah. You know. So then because they don't mind, they're, yeah. they're making money hand over fist yeah, no. anyway.
1: So. No, no. Uh, it's like, uh, eh. <laughs> I just recently played with about twelve people. Oh, nice! Oh my goodness, that's screwed up. Yeah. Oh,
0: I just. I think about... the onli- I think the online version. I usually only, like, when I hop in a game at random, it's usually no more than, like, six or seven players. Oh but
1: but when you have an audience, I mean, when people are just <laughs> falling out of their chairs laughing, yeah. because some of the combinations of cards are Absolutely. just gut. They just hurt. <laughs> I, I, my face hurt. My gut hurt. I felt slightly dirty. I mean, it was just a great time. Yeah cool but we were, were laughing so hard awesome
0: yeah. well we're uh, we're running out of, run a little long here i think we're running out of time Aww. but i got to ask for you before we go yeah what is one interesting thing you think people should check out in the in the intervening i guess week what did we say two weeks before the next episode
1: before the next episode yeah what's your pick of the
0: week so to speak
1: pick of the week uh who that's a good one you mean from right. uh, from the interview we heard, or or, or we did, or the anything? Uh, anything? Oh, uh,
0: I mean, most of the stuff we mentioned in the interview will be in the show notes. But anyway, but I mean, we, just bro. if there's if there's a cool gadget or a movie, something you've seen or you've heard that you think people should be aware of, or
1: mm. we just saw the movie Learning to Drive. That was actually pretty good. Uh, it. Uh, I will uh,
0: that was Ben Kingsley. Yes. And, and, yeah. I saw the trailer for that. Oh, that actually it's amazing. Really it
1: actually, uh, that's one of those movies that like you walk out of there and you feel really good. You cool. know? Yeah. It was really good. Right on. Yeah. Okay. See, there you go. See yeah. There's something. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's what I was like. All right. That's good. Uh, that was, some, was a little off topic, but, uh, we saw that recently in that movie kind of stuck with me. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. Well, it's not super off topic.
0: I said something interesting, so that's fine. Right. It's interesting. Uh, I'm going to pick, and this was uh, one of my friends on Facebook posted because they finally received theirs today. It's called Coin.
2: Oh,
0: what's that? They did. It's basically, essentially, it's the size of a credit card, but you can store all of your other credit cards on it.
1: Oh, Oh, I have heard of this. There's a
0: button you can push, and you can switch between cards and just swipe things. Uh, This was when they did a Kickstarter on it a couple of years ago. yes they finally started shipping a couple of months ago Mm. with the, with the version one of the product. And they're actually getting ready to do a second version uh, coin 2.0 where they're adding NFC payments and things. So you can do a tap to pay instead of just swiping. Oh, nice. That kind of thing. Um, It's great for, that's kind of a cool thing. Like if you don't want to get an iPhone and an Apple watch and and Apple pay, if you don't have those things or, Mm. If you do, and you just want to have an alternative, um, because you can store like your credit cards, I believe you can store your card information, like at the grocery store, like your frequent shopper card information, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that stuff on this card. And then you just select between them on the card and swipe it. So you get all that data done. It cuts down on, you know, make sure them in your wallet. Yeah. Which I think is a fascinating idea, but that, it came out before apple pay and android pay and all this stuff started flooding the market sure so i don't know how i'm hoping they'll get some traction i'm not sure how successful it'll be yeah but uh if you go to i think the the website is onlycoin.com mm. and i'll have that it will have that in the show notes as well but uh it's worth it's worth a look i think to check it out and see if uh pre-ordering for version two might not be something people want to sure get in on for that so right yeah that is that is very interesting that is my pick of the
1: week as well nice so yeah very good so,
0: well i think we're done
1: that's awesome yay well i hope you enjoyed being with us today this was a lot of fun i enjoyed being with us i think it's important <laughs> i enjoyed being with us too that was uh, you know i wasn't I to talking say, to you though
0: <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> that was yeah i have to say i wasn't sure i wasn't sure we get through that all in one piece, but we did. So zero 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 one with Brian Panks has come to an end. Uh, folks, we hope you'll stick around for episode zero 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 two. When our guest will be actor. Uh, I'm just going to stick with actor because I can't remember everything else he does right now. Wow. Brian McClure. Oh boy. Who is a colleague and friend I've known for a few years. But he is kind of, he's kind of blown up right now
2: hmm.
0: in a way you like you've not, you may not have heard of him, but you will. I think, I think you will. He's done some, he's had some good guest spots on like Hawaii five Oh and some others. He, he landed a big role in the, the upcoming web series space command hmm. uh, with a lot of Star Trek actors and things like that. That looks really, really kind of a cool retro fifties look to it like 50s sci-fi look to it that looks it looks really i actually have a couple friends in that show it looks mm. really really good and i can't wait for that to come out i know he just booked a, a recent like a lead role in a feat in a feature film uh in the indie film and he just moved to atlanta from la so i'm curious to talk to him and yeah. see if he's willing to give up exactly why he did that interesting i think it's i think it's for a gig but Okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll
2: see. I can't he won't, he won't tell
0: you. He didn't say. He wouldn't tell anybody. I, mm. I have a feeling. I want to see if I can worm it out of them. But. Mm. So we hope everybody will come back for that in two weeks. Uh, from this date or from when you listen to this, We should. that's our goal is to kind of release the podcast bi weekly for now. Yeah. Because we're both guys with day jobs and lives, at least resembling lives for me but it's we, lifelike
1: we fooled everybody but,
0: you know so hopefully we can uh keep this going and interview more brian's if you out there are named brian or you know someone who is named brian who you think might be a good guest to have on the podcast send them our way you can visit us at i believe it's com. if it's not i'm really gonna have to register that domain. <laughs> Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I am at ActorGeek. Brian, are you on Twitter? I can't remember. I am on Twitter. Well, you are on Twitter? Mm-hmm. What are you on Twitter? I am at BSelke on Twitter. At B Selke at ActorGeek. We may set up a Twitter for the podcast at some point, but it's Ooh, a lot cool. of hassle right now. Wow. <laughs> I can't even believe I just said that. You it's are a lot of to sign incredibly up for lazy. Really? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm really <laughs> It's, I've got 6000 other things I got to get done too, you know. We'll have a we'll have a fancy website or at least fancy-ish. Um, but uh, you can listen to all that stuff, you can download it. We're going to try and get the podcast on iTunes. Mm. Uh so that we have that as well. Yeah. So spread the word to your friends, uh
1: your enemies. That's we'll
0: right. talk to them too. We're open-minded relatively. If you liked our yeah.
1: podcast, our names are Brian if you didn't, yep. we are Joe. <laughs>
0: We had a great show. This is The Brian Trust. If you didn't think it was a great show, we are Penn and Teller. Good night, everybody.